Verse one, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there are many different titles that we ascribe to the Lord, right? Like you go through Old Testament, New Testament, the Lord says, I am this or I'm like this. So very first, you go back and read in Exodus, the Lord tells Moses that his name is what? I am, or I am that I am. I mean, there's so much wrapped up in that, right? I'm the self-existent one. I always was, I always will be. He says, I am. The Lord is called master. He's called judge. Um, He relates to us as a father. He says, I am your father. I've adopted you as my sons and daughters, right? But there are many places, both Old and New Testament, where the Lord is pictured as a shepherd, as a shepherd. Let me give you a few verses. Genesis 48, verse 15. This is the very first time the Lord is referred to as a shepherd. It's Jacob praying. He says, God, who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, and he talks about how the Lord has provided for him. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, it says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. A very tender picture of the Lord, right? He will gather us up. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. Jesus says of himself in John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. And then later in John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me over and over and over, Old Testament, New Testament, the Lord says, I am like a shepherd. And so an important question for us to ask would be, if this is how the Lord says, I relate to you in this way, the important thing to ask is, what's a shepherd? What's a shepherd? What does a shepherd do? Well, a shepherd takes care of sheep. In fact, a shepherd devotes his entire life to taking care of sheep. He feeds them. He leads them to good water, right? He's their physician. He's their protector. Uh, A shepherd provides for all of the needs that you could possibly think of um, for the sheep. And without the care of the shepherd, the sheep aren't going to make it very far, are they? Uh, They're not going to survive. They're not going to be protected from the wolves. They're not going to know where to find good food. Um, They're not going to know where to find good water. Without the shepherd, the sheep are doomed, right? Um, they, They can't protect themselves. They can't fend for themselves. They can't provide for themselves. And so David said, the Lord is my shepherd, which means what? If the Lord is my shepherd, what does that say about me? It means that I'm a sheep. Everybody say, bah, right? Yeah, we're, we're sheep. Um, there's a great book out there. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Has anybody ever read this book? A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's excellent. Um, go on Amazon tonight when you get home. It's just a few dollars. So good, so insightful, but it's written by, he was, he's a pastor, uh, but for many years he was a shepherd, and he takes a deep dive looking into Um, Psalm 23 and just all this stuff and and how it relates to actually being a shepherd. Let me read this quote to you um, by Philip Keller and a shepherd looks at Psalm 23 regarding sheep. He says, sheep do not just take care of themselves as some might suppose. 
They require, more than any other class of livestock, endless attention and meticulous care. Can you say that about yourself? I know myself, and I know that from the Lord, I require endless attention and meticulous care. It is no accident that God has chosen to call us sheep. The behavior of sheep and human beings is similar in many ways. Our mass mind or mob instincts, our fears and timidity, our stubbornness and stupidity, our perverse habits are all parallels of profound importance. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. Um, I, I love how he says here, they require more than any other class of livestock. Endless attention, meticulous care. And so, if that's true, we ought, as David said, look to the Lord for everything as our shepherd. To look to the Lord for everything, to be fully dependent upon him, to seek him, to know him, to love him, to to. to Follow in his path. You know, this is why in places in scripture, you know, I think of Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, um, where he says, gosh, now that I quoted it, it's gone out of my mind. Let me go find it really quick. (laughs) You know how that is? Sometimes you say something and then it's just gone. Um, Proverbs three, five and six. We could probably all quote it, but I can't right now for some reason. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with everything. Don't lean on your own understanding. Why? You're a sheep. You're a sheep that needs to follow a shepherd. Um, You you need to be dependent upon the Lord for all of your decisions, for um, everything in your life, for your provision, to be dependent upon him for our, our physical and our spiritual protection, our comfort, right? To be completely and totally 100% dependent upon the leading of our good shepherd. We are in need of somebody to lead us. And if the Lord is not leading you, then something else is, and that's a dangerous place to be. If the Lord's not leading you, then something else is, whether that's yourself, which in and of itself is scary, right? Um, If it's the enemy, if it's the world, if it's the whims of our culture, no, we look to the Lord. Who's our shepherd? We need somebody to nourish us and take care of us. We need somebody to protect us. And without the Lord, we are helpless and defenseless. Did you know that a sheep, there's nothing about a sheep that, you know, that can defend itself? They can't defend themselves. They need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. And so, you know, another important question for us to ask. The Lord is my shepherd. Question number two. What kind of shepherd is he? What kind of shepherd is the Lord? You know, whether or not a a fold of sheep have um, a good life, that's dependent on their shepherd. So if you see a flock of sheep that looks healthy and vibrant and well-fed and well-kept and well-groomed, you can look beyond them and say, they must have a great shepherd because sheep aren't doing that on their own. On the other hand, if you look at a flock of sheep and they're unkempt and filthy and you know, scraggly and malnourished, you can look beyond that sheep and say, they must have a terrible shepherd. So what kind of shepherd is our God? Well, the Bible says that the Lord is 
king of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, that he is sovereign, immutable, infinite, and has declared himself to us that he loves us, cares for us, and will care for us for all of time. Do me a favor, turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. In Isaiah chapter 40, um, we get just an amazing, one of my most favorite chapters in all the Bible, honestly, an amazing glimpse of who the Lord is. I've already read one verse from this. Let me read it again. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, it says this of the Lord, that he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. So it says, he'll feed his flock like a what? Like a shepherd. Um, He'll gather the lambs up in his arms. He'll carry them just close to his chest. He'll gently lead those who are with young. This passage goes on um, to begin to speak of who is this shepherd? Who is this one who would uh, feed his flock like a shepherd. Who is this one that, that gathers us up into his arms? Let me read on in 12 through 14. It says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? And so it says there in verse 12, he was measured the the waters in the hollow of his hand. What waters? The oceans. It says, what about the Lord? It's right there. The hollow of my hand, right? Um, the, the heavens, it talks about. He's measured heaven with a span, right? To the Lord, that's the heavens. Um, why don't you jump down to verses 25 through 26. It says, to whom then will you liken me? Or whom to will I be equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. When it says that he's called the hosts by names, it's speaking of what? The stars. The stars. Listen, do me a favor. Tonight, as you're walking out of this building, um, Just take a minute uh, before you get into your car. Maybe you're getting out of your car, you're at home, you forgot to do this, and you're like, oh, I need to do that. Just take a minute and look up and look out at the night sky and just look at the stars. How many are there? You can't can't even count what we see, right? Um, It's estimated that within our galaxy alone, there's billions of stars in our galaxy alone. And it's also estimated that in the known universe, there's billions of, not stars, galaxies. And it says of our God that he calls them by name. What kind of God is this? An all-powerful, all-knowing, creator God who knows all things. This passage goes on in verse 28. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard 
the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is who our God is. There's no one greater. There's no one more powerful. There's no one higher. There's no one smarter than our God. And don't forget how this passage started. It starts in verse 11. It says, he'll feed his flock like a shepherd. And so I asked that question, what kind of shepherd is the Lord? He's an all-powerful shepherd who cares deeply and powerfully for you personally. That's the kind of shepherd that you have. And listen, we should take great comfort in the fact that this is who our God is. That there's nobody higher than him. There's nobody more powerful than him. There's nobody smarter than him. That's the one who we call shepherd and the Bible declares that he cares for you deeply. He loves you. The one who measures the waters in the hollow of his hand loves you personally, cares for you personally. I love how David says, the Lord is our shepherd. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes it a personal thing. The Lord is my personal shepherd and I am his personal sheep and I personally follow him. The Lord cares for you personally. He loves you personally and he is the one who is more than capable to take care of you and to feed you and to nourish you and to give you the love and fulfillment and the satisfaction that you need. The Lord is my shepherd. In this statement, David is affirming his personal need for the care of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I need the Lord. I need the Lord to lead me. I need the Lord to guide me. I need the Lord to direct my path. I need the Lord to provide for me. I need the Lord to nourish me. I need the Lord in every area of my life. And we know that the Lord doesn't only take care of our physical needs, right? He takes care of our spiritual needs too. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says of himself, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd does what? Gives his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. And we know exactly what Jesus did, don't we? He went to the cross for us. He took care of our sin problem, right? He gave his life for us. In Isaiah chapter 53, again, we see a similar picture about sheep and a shepherd. Uh, in Isaiah 53, verses five and six, it says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so listen, we are all needy physically. We need the Lord in a physical sense, but if that's true, it is equally and greater true that we are in need of the Lord spiritually because we have a big problem. We have a sin problem. 
And Jesus, our good shepherd, came and laid his life down for us and took care of that problem for us. He took care of us. He took our sin and punishment upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. Again, that's the kind of shepherd that we're talking about. Not a bad shepherd. Not a shepherd that, you know, doesn't really care about the sheep. Couldn't, couldn't care less, right? No, he loves you. How much does he love you? So much that he gave his life for you personally. And the only one who I believe can say that the Lord is my shepherd is the one who looks upon Jesus Christ. The one who looks upon the Lord and calls out upon him for salvation. And he'll take care of you. He takes care of you physically, certainly. He takes care of you spiritually. Far more important than that. This is who our Lord is. And when we... Um, consider who the Lord is when, you know, we've, we've taken some time to do that, right? This is who the Lord is. He's the everlasting God. Um, and then we can say, and that's my shepherd, right? What, what should the appropriate response be in, in our lives? How should we respond to such a God when, when I look upon him and consider who he is and how good he is and the fact that I belong to him, what's an appropriate response? Well, we see it in the second half of verse one. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. What in the world does that mean? I shall not want. Let me read you a, a few different translations. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack. And so if everything that we've discussed about the Lord already is true, statements like that should naturally follow. I'm in need of nothing because I've got a good shepherd that's providing for me in that way, the creator of the universe. The one who calls the stars by name, he personally leads me. He personally feeds me. He personally takes care of me, both physically and spiritually, and I don't need anything else. Now, listen. That statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, that is both a statement of truth, but I believe that this is also an attitude that we should continually adopt in our life. It's a statement of truth. It's true that I have all that I need in the Lord. This is a reality that there's nothing else that I need beyond what the shepherd provides for me, right? Um, we've already talked about this at length, but he provides for our physical needs, right? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is gonna be added to you. The Lord takes care of us Physically, as you're seeking the Lord, as you're putting first the kingdom of God, as you're following close behind your shepherd, right? Then he's gonna provide for you all the things that you need. He's gonna, he's gonna give you everything, probably not everything that you want, right? I was, I was praying for that Camaro, you know, and I just, I didn't get it, the, my shepherd didn't provide for me. Okay, well, he's gonna give you what you need. He's gonna give you what you need. Maybe not everything that you want but he's gonna bring you to a place where you can say, 
I am not lacking in anything that I need. And we've already discussed too, he provides for our spiritual needs. He's given us an amazing salvation, hasn't he? The Bible talks about how we've been saved to the uttermost. Um, and, and it goes beyond that. It's not like the Lord just saves us and then you know, leaves us. In Ephesians 1, verse three, Paul says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. Everything spiritually that you need is yours in Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he talks about that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. In the Lord, you've been given everything that you need today. Did you know that you have today what you need to have a thriving, vibrant walk with Jesus Christ? You're not lacking. He's given it to you. You have all that you need. You have all that you need to live before him. All things that pertain to life and godliness. In Christ, you have it all. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. Because he cares for you. Because he didn't just save you and then leave you to fend for yourself. You know, okay, I've saved you. Go fight those wolves. No, he didn't do that. He's a shepherd. He cares for us. And so, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is true, isn't it? When a person comes to faith in Christ, we have all that we need. We don't need anything beyond what he provides for us. It's a true statement. But I would say that this is an attitude that we need to adopt. We need to adopt that mindset as an attitude. And... If you feel like I'm stepping on toes here, then just know that mine are being stomped on first. Um, when we come to the Lord with a complaining, uncontented heart, it shows that, that we're not, we don't have this attitude. We don't have the attitude of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We have the attitude of the Lord is my shepherd and I'm in need of all this other, these other things that I desire. The Lord is my shepherd and I do want. <laughs> you know, the Lord is my shepherd and I don't have all that I, mean, that I need. The Lord is my shepherd and I'm lacking in these different areas. No, no, no. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let me rephrase it. Can you say, along with David, I don't need anything beyond what the Lord has provided for me? I don't need anything beyond what he's given to me today. I have what I need. Let's go a little deeper. I'm content with what the Lord has given to me today. I'm content. I'm okay, Lord. It's in your goodness that you've given me this day and these things that I have in this day. I'm content in you because I trust you as a good shepherd. Let's take it just a little bit deeper than that. I don't want anything beyond what you've given to me. I don't want anything else. I don't want anything beyond what you've provided for me. I'm not gonna assume that I know what your will is for me in the future. Um, There are things certainly that I hope for, but if it's not in your will to give it for me, then I don't want it because you are a good shepherd. You are the creator God. 
You are over all. You're smarter than I am. And I'm gonna trust that you're gonna give me what is needful for today. I'm content in you. I'm content in you. The attitude that we're to adopt is one of satisfaction and contentment in the Lord. Are you satisfied? Are you content with what the Lord has given to you? And if in your heart there are things that just rise up and you're like, if, if I had this thing, then yeah, I would be content. Be content in the Lord. Don't be content in <clears throat> the things that the Lord gives. Be content in the Lord, period. Don't be content in, well, I'm content because I have my family, I have my kids, I have my house, I have my car, I have my job, I have my bank account, I have my savings account, I've got my retirement plan, and it's because of these things that I'm content. Well, listen, all of that could be taken away from you in a day. Are you content in the Lord? Are you content in your good shepherd who has promised to fulfill you and satisfy you and be everything to you? Cast your eyes and your heart upon Jesus. Because listen, all the things that we have in this life, it's gonna fade. What are we gonna have in eternity? Jesus, our savior, knowing him, loving him, don't just be satisfied in the stuff. Be satisfied in him. David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because of the shepherd, not because of the stuff. I know that this is a hard teaching to swallow maybe for some of us. This is a continual area of growth in my life. But let's seek the face of God. Let's seek the Lord. Let's be satisfied in who he is. I'm reminded of Jesus in John chapter six. <clears throat> Jesus had done a notable miracle in John chapter six. So maybe John chapter five, he had fed the 5,000 um, and he had people following him around and um, they were wanting him to perform more works. And uh, Jesus says this in John chapter six, verse 32. It says, Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus says, I am the bread. They're like, Lord, give us this bread, right? And Jesus says, it's me. He doesn't say, okay, well, let me give you some bread. No, no, he says, I am the bread. And if you taste of me, and if you figuratively eat from me, then you will never hunger and thirst again. You will be what? Satisfied, content, 
fulfilled, not striving, not seeking, not spiritually parched anymore. Jesus said, I will provide myself for you to fulfill you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want physically. I shall not want spiritually. I shall not want emotionally. The Lord is my shepherd and he provides everything that I need, more than I could ever ask or hope or want for. And do you know that to be true in your life? Do you know that to be true in your situation? Do you know that to be true when finances are difficult? Do you know that to be true when hardships arise? Do you know that to be true when there's problems at work, problems in the home? The Lord is my shepherd, and I'm going to trust him with what he's given me today. In Romans 8, verses 31 and 32, Paul says, you know, he he makes some amazing statements about the Lord. He talks about how all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. And he says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's an amazing verse, isn't it? And that verse should be underlined, highlighted, memorized, written upon our hearts. What shall we say? If God's for us, and who's God? The everlasting God, the creator God, the all-powerful God. If he's for us, what could possibly be against me? If he's my shepherd, what could possibly be against me, right? And then it says, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? It's not as if the Lord just went to the cross and then said, peace out, see you guys when you get here. No, he didn't say that at all. He's, he's intimately involved in our lives. He's deeply aware of what you're facing, and it says that he freely gives us all things, everything that I have need of, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And if there's an area of, that you feel of, of lack in your life, or of, Lord, I, I think that I really need this, guess what? He's invited you to come and ask, to come and seek him, to come in and bring your needs before him and, and say, Lord, could you provide in this area? Lord, could you, could you give me this thing? And here's the thing. When we request of our good shepherd, we should be content with the answer, whether yes or no, right? And so if I come to the Lord and I ask, Lord, I think I need this. It seems like I need this. Um, and the answer comes back as no, not going to give that to you. Maybe no forever or no, not yet. I don't know. We can rest and trust that that is good because why? We have a good shepherd, don't we? We have a shepherd that cares for us and knows what's best for us and is not stingy with his sheep. In fact, this verse says that he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up, he's gonna freely give to us all things, everything that you need. And so if there's an area in my life that I don't have something, 
I can trust my shepherd and know that this is his goodness. Let me give you another verse, Psalm 84, verse 11. It says this, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He's a sun, meaning he lights our path, right? He's a shield, he protects us, he gives grace, he gives glory. And then that amazing verse, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. This is my life verse, you guys. My life verse, because here's the thing. If I'm walking with the Lord, I have a promise from scripture that if I'm walking before him uprightly, if I'm as a sheep following close behind him, right? Seeking him, forsaking my sins, I have the promise that he's not gonna withhold good things from me. How often do we walk through life feeling like, Lord, you're withholding from me. Lord, you're being stingy. Lord, if only I had this thing. Lord, if only I had that relationship. Lord, if only I had that money or that job. Or we can, we can fill our life with a lot of things, can't we? This says that he doesn't withhold good things from you. In fact, in James, it says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He gives good things to us, and if I'm following hard after the Lord, and there's something that I think that I should need, and I've asked the Lord for it, and I've not received it, do you know what conclusion I can come to? I can come to the conclusion that that thing must not be good for me to have. Why? Because we have a good shepherd. We have a shepherd that cares for us. We have a shepherd that loves us. We have a shepherd that's promised that he's going to give good things to us as we walk with him. And so let's trust the Lord. Let's trust that he's not a stingy shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He satisfies, he fulfills, he provides for us. And as I walk with him, he gives me good things. Do you know that the Lord has a vested interest in you? And I'm thinking about a shepherd who buys a flock of sheep physically. It's a big investment, isn't it? It's quite an undertaking um, to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a flock of sheep <laughs> and I'm gonna feed them, I'm gonna lead them, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna shear them, right? I'm gonna do all of these things to take care of my sheep. They're, When you purchase something, you have a vested interest in that thing. The Lord's purchased us. The Lord has a vested interest in seeing you have a thriving walk with him as a shepherd. He has a vested interest. He spent something on your life more valuable than gold He poured out his own blood so that you could be his. Do you think that the Lord wants to see you succeed as a believer? I'm not talking about like a health and wealth. I'm talking about you're walking with the Lord in a victorious way. You're being useful for him in the kingdom. The Lord wants to see this from your life. And listen, um, if he's willing to go so far as to shed his blood for you, how shall he not with that freely give you everything that you need?
The Lord is my shepherd. Who? The everlasting God. The one who calls the stars by names. The one who holds the oceans in the hollow of his hand. The one who looks out at the universe and measures it with a span. That's the God whom it says that he, he, he picks up his sheep and carries them close to his chest. He feeds his flock like a shepherd. So I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe you feel distant from the Lord. Maybe you feel like the Lord's been holding out on you. Maybe you've been concerned about worldly things. Let's bring it back to our shepherd. Let's bring our focus back on to who he is. That he's good. That he's kind. That he's merciful. Maybe you've been going through life and you've not been walking in joy. It's been robbed from you because of circumstances um, or something at your job or something in your home. Put your eyes back on your shepherd. Put your eyes back on the Lord. Maybe you've been going through life and there's just been a complaining heart and attitude um, because you feel like he's been holding out on you. The Lord is your shepherd and he's a good shepherd. He's not stingy. He loves you. He cares for you. Let him fulfill you. Trust him. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so let's go to the Lord continually. Let's go to him continually. Let's find everything that we need in the Lord because listen, we have provision. We have promises. We have the word of God. We have his presence and we can rest in him and trust him and know that he loves you and he cares for you so much. So don't bow to anything else. Don't follow anything else. The Lord is our shepherd. So Lord, we love you. And we're so thankful, Lord, that we can say with David, you're, you're my shepherd. You're the one who leads. You're the one, um, you're the one who really cares, Lord. And Lord, maybe there's some in here where there is a real need. Um, there, there is, there's maybe sickness or um, there's a financial situation that they're just waiting upon you um, to have you come through. Lord, we pray that you would provide for every need in this room. Lord, as we look to you as the good shepherd. Lord, it is true that we are not in want. And yet, Lord, I pray that this would be the attitude of my heart. Lord, please forgive me for the times that I'm complaining. Please forgive me for the times that I'm discontent with what you've given, Lord. Please forgive me for for so often going through life and not having that attitude, Lord. I pray that this would change and that I would look to you for all things. You're good. You're kind. Let's just take a moment here and let's respond to the Lord as our shepherd. And if there's some areas that you're convicted on, um, just call upon him. Seek his forgiveness. Seek his face. Allow him...
to be the one that satisfies you. Not the stuff, not the thing that you hope to get out of him. Um, Let the Lord be the one that is the source of your soul satisfaction. Seek his face. Maybe there's just an attitude that needs to be repented of. Um, You can do that right now. Maybe you're here in this room. Maybe you're listening on the radio right now and you've never come to the shepherd. You've never had him cleanse you. You've never had him forgive you of your sins. The Bible says that our shepherd made it really easy for us poor sinners. He came and he took our sin upon himself. He died on the cross for your sins. And what did he leave for you to do? To call upon him to trust him. This is what we would call faith, to believe that his sacrifice was enough for you. And the Bible tells us that he who calls on the name of the Lord will not be put to shame. You won't be rejected. You'll be accepted. And you too, along with the rest of us in this room, will be able to look to the Lord and say, I have a good shepherd. I have a shepherd who's the creator of the universe. I have a shepherd who's all-powerful. I have a shepherd who's all-knowing and all-loving and loves me so much that he gave himself for me. This is what he does for us. Isn't that amazing? Maybe there's not any area that you're like, man, I don't know. Um, feel like I'm doing really good. Praise the Lord. Rejoice in your shepherd. Take time to worship him and thank him.